It's Monday, April 2nd, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today, we are continuing our study on the gospel according to Luke as we are joined by Blake Wilson, our VP of Operations. Blake will walk us through Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 54. Thank you again, Herbie, for having me back. I'm excited to be here with our team and looking through Luke chapter 11. Today, we are going to be looking at verses 14 through 54. Um, And a common theme that has jumped out to me is really Jesus um, talking to the Pharisees and in an environment of just accusations of them speculating, um, condemning, and and really even um, contrasting Jesus as a son of Satan because of the power that he is demonstrating in some of these passages and just an overall hostile Situation and of accusations being thrusted toward toward Christ, and then and then him really just trying to say, guys, slow down and think about what you were saying, and in the grand scheme of things, just telling the Pharisees that your rules just don't they don't make sense. Like, why are you doing these things? And I think there's a lot that we can pull from this this passage today. And and as I was studying and preparing for this, I was reminded of a trip that I took with my family and my my daughter who will soon be seven um, at the time I, I believe was was four or five and we were I was trying to point out an airplane as we were driving um, that we saw that was flying pretty low to the ground and, and I said look there's the airplane and she said daddy where daddy where and I said it's over there beside that plant as we were driving by um, a big factory. So I think it was a water plant or um, a processing plant of some kind, but it was a pretty large facility. And I said, look, it's above the plant. And she began to look down at the, look down at the ground and said, Daddy, I don't see it. Daddy, I don't see it. And after a minute, I realized she was literally looking for a plant, a plant on the ground. And I said, I said no, it's, it's, a, it's a big building, a, a factory, a plant. And she was taking what I said um, as a as a literal statement, as she was looking for an airplane beside the plant on the interstate, and I just you know I was reminded of that story because I think so many times we say things that taken literally don't make sense, and, and in a sense we do things that just don't make sense when you really stop and process what you're doing and why you're doing those, and and I think this is what Jesus is is trying to explain to the Pharisees in this in this passage um, as they are accusing him of things but ultimately he's he's causing them to slow down and just say think about what you're doing and and um, we're going to start reading today in verse 29 for the sake of time Um, and this is um, in the book of Luke chapter 11 and it says as the crowds increased Jesus said this is a wicked generation it asked for a sign but none will be given to it except the sign of Jonah For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at this judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah 
and now something greater than Jonah is here. You know, in this passage, he is he's reminding them that even the Ninevites um, were called to repentance from the words of Jonah. But now standing be- before them is is Jesus. And he is is challenged with op- opposition of of condemnation um, and judgment. And, and he is saying, you will be judged. You are a wicked generation because I am here standing before you speaking truth as the Messiah and you are not listening to me. And in the latter part of this, he even, he even goes back to, um, to talking through the wisdom of Solomon and how, how people would travel to hear him speak um, but now he's saying something greater than Solomon is here. And I'm standing before you and you are not listening. You're doing nothing with this. And, and I think that there is there's so much truth in this in the world that we live in today of of having the opportunity to come before the father, um, to have a conversation. But yet we are more influenced by the people around us. We're more influenced by opportunities before us than really evaluating what the Lord is saying and really what we know is truth, but we are distracted by um, things that are surrounding us. I think there's a great contrasting, um, or I'm sorry, a great supporting passage in Galatians chapter 3. And this is these are Paul's words as he's talking to um, the church of Galatia. And he is, he's saying in verse number 1 of chapter 3, um, he starts off just calling them a foolish Generation, a foolish church, um, and I think in this in this passage, he he really paints a great picture that is supporting of um, of what Jesus is telling uh, the Pharisees in Luke chapter eleven. So in in Galatians three one, Paul starts off and he says, "O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely this was all not in vain. You know, and I think in this in this passage, you know, Paul is, is stressing that just as they began their Christian lives in the power of the Spirit, they should also continue to grow in the Spirit's power. And the, the Galatians had taken a step backward here um, when they decided to insist on keeping up with these Jewish laws and traditions. Um, and just really the challenge for us is that we must realize that in order to grow spiritually, um, we have to allow God's um, presence to work in our lives and to not follow these specific rules. And as as Jesus is talking in Luke chapter 11, you know, he's saying, guys, you are you were listening. People were obeying Jonah. People were obeying and listening to to Solomon. But here I am, and you're not even listening to me. And oh, Church of Galatia, you know the truth, but yet you are you're making poor decisions. You are you're not um, you're more concerned with following the laws of the people around you of and the influence of these of these Pharisees um, instead of following me and realizing that I am. Um, the truth. I am what truly matters, um, and 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 
challenging them to, to get back on track. And I think in our world today, that is so true. There are so many things around us that occupy our attention, um, that occupy our time, and really occupy our devotion um, away from what Christ has called us to be. So as, as Jesus is, is teaching here, um, he is challenging them. And then, and then I, he continues on in verse number 33, and he says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come to see, the, see it may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when you are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines as when the lamp shines its light on you. There is there's there's so many great examples that we could pull from from these um, three short verses. But I think the challenge for us um, in this in this short um, short passage, is what are we what are we doing with what we know? Um, you know, Jesus was was challenging his his audience to say, you you guys know what is you know what is truth, but you are electing um, to spend your time elsewhere to to follow rules. Um, uh, and do things that really, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter. He's like, you have you have this light in you, and what are you doing with it? And that's the challenge for us as as followers of Christ today. We know the truth. I mean, we have. Uh, I'm, I'm here with with our staff, and, and just thinking about the privilege that we have to work at an organization that um, values our spiritual growth that supports and gives our team the opportunity to study His Word together. It is a rare, rare opportunity that we have as staff members of Lifeline to do this. And we are truly blessed to have it, but what are we doing with that opportunity? Are we gathered in a room, um, opening His Word and going through the motions, or are we truly making the most of what we are learning and taking advantage to, to further the gospel of Christ? Are we being intentional with the light that Christ has placed in us? Um, are we are we are we following verse thirty three and and lighting lighting our lamp and and putting it under a bowl? Are we keeping our faith away? Are we keeping our faith um, sheltered? Um, are we embarrassed? Are we unsure? Are we fearful? Um, what are we doing with what the Lord has done? The Lord has done such great things. Um, in our staff members' lives. He's given us hope. He's given us an opportunity to call Him Father. What are we doing with that opportunity? We, we are challenged to further the, further the gospel, and we, are, we must make every effort um, to follow through with that and to act as a support, support system and an accountability system for one another um, to further the gospel. So what are we doing with Jesus? Are we accepting Him? Or are, we, are we just putting Him kind of in a box um, and, and just electing to call upon Him in a time of fear, calling on Him in a time of need? Or um, is the light of Christ radiating out of us day in and day out? 
um, as we interact with the world around us. Jesus, Jesus continues and, and ultimately calls out um, some just some some missing links within the the Pharisees law of, of just your rules simply just don't make sense. Stop and think about it. Um, and, he, and he does this from verse 37 on on down through the end of this passage. And, and for sake of time today, we're not going to read that entire passage. But but in verses 39 through 41, as a summation, he says, you know, you guys are washing the outside of the cup, but on the inside, it's completely filthy. And he just reminds him of saying, yes, the Lord made you your physical body and he he, he made he made you in the image of himself. But it didn't didn't the Lord create your innermost parts as well? The Lord knows our heart. So you can put on this facade and pretend to have everything together on the outside, but the inside is what is truly important. Is your heart changed by Christ? Um, are you are you setting that example? So um, challenging the Pharisees to evaluate the inside, the inside health, and do they truly know um, and, and have that hope in Christ? Um, secondly, in verse number 42, um, he talked about just their practice of tithing, their practice of giving back. But however, when they saw a need before them, they would just walk by. I mean, if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, we, we walked through um, the story and the parable of the Good Samaritan. And ultimately, what are we how to, how was that response uh, and how many people um, just you know just walked by without meeting that need he is calling the Pharisees out of saying yes you're giving your offerings but when you see a true need around you you're not even responding to that um, and that's just an example of a of a hardened heart of somebody who has not been transformed by the grace of Christ um, he calls them out in verse number 43 and says you love to be the center of attention you love to be um, praised. Um, you love uh, just the acknowledgement of, of man, and that's that's you know that's pride. The Lord calls us to be a humble creation. Um, he calls them out in verse forty-six. He says, "You've loaded them. You've loaded people down with these burdensome religious demands that are just impossible for people to keep up with." He calls them out in verse forty-nine and says. You just will not accept the truth about Jesus. You will not accept the truth about who he is. Um, and then 52, he says, in verse 52, he says, at the end of the day, your laws are preventing others others from truly understanding who I am, from truly believing in who I am, because your laws are so stringent um, and cumbersome. And I, I, I think... That is what is so challenging as we study the Word of Christ. What are we doing with the words on the pages in the Scripture that we are that we're studying? Are we truly just going through the motions, or are we applying this to our lives so that we can be transformed by the gospel? I think there are so many parallels as we evaluate Jesus's challenge here in this passage to the Pharisees, and then in the world that we live in today. Um, so many, so many elements of distraction. So many rules that we try to uh, abide by. Um, so many things that we try to keep up with. But at the end of the day, we have to put our focus and our hope in Christ. We have to stop and pause and evaluate how are we utilizing our time. How are we utilizing our talents, our resources to further the gospel. The Lord has given us such opportunity to do that in our day-to-day actions. And we have to um, think through those 
opportunities. We have to be intentional in looking for opportunities to further the gospel and share this light, as we read in verse 33, with a world that is in need. So let us move forward this week searching for opportunities to further the gospel and being intentional in those conversations that we have. Well, thanks, Blake. And this week we are praying for the country of Ukraine. We will, we are praying for the government of Ukraine and continuing to pray for the unrest in the eastern part of Ukraine and that the areas that have been affected by war will be able to continue to rebuild and recuperate. We're praying for the ministry and the officials that work through uh, orphan care and, and child uh, care, that they would be able to be efficient and timely in approving paperwork and making sure that orphan children are a priority. We're praying for Sasha as he oversees our team on the ground in Ukraine. And we are praying for a, a particular family that is pursuing an aging out child with HIV. We're praying as they travel on their first trip to visit the child very soon. And we're also praying for more families who desire to adopt older children from a very hard place like Ukraine. And we're praying for the many families who have brought home kids from Ukraine over the last 16 years. And, and that healing and attachment would still come through the hope of the gospel. Pray for our uh, North Carolina State Director, Levesey, as she continues to build great relationships with a Ukrainian hosting program in North Carolina. And just pray that we can find ways to serve these families through our entire Ukraine program and not just uh, through the home study and preparation pray that hosting programs will see the value in Lifeline's process and education in adopting older children and pray for new opportunities to arise in 2018 that would bring families' attention to the country of Ukraine. And, and Ukraine is a place that is certainly dear to, to Lifeline's heart. It's dear to my heart and our Eurasia director, Jana, her heart as she and her mom actually piloted the program to Ukraine. And our very first family came home shortly after I started at Lifeline. 15 years ago. And so we love this country. We're passionate for this country. We want to see the gospel go forth in Ukraine. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to pray for the country of Ukraine. We thank you for what you have done uh, in that country for the sake of your gospel. I, I think of all my many brothers and sisters that have had the opportunity and the pleasure to get to know in the country of Ukraine. I pray that you would undergird them with the hope of the gospel. I pray that you'd surround them with your presence. I pray that you would use them for your glory. God, I pray that you would do great and mighty things in the country. I pray you'd help the east part of Ukraine stabilize, rebuild, and for the country to be reunified. I pray for godly leadership in the government. And Lord, I pray for an urgency, an efficiency, and an effectiveness for the country of Ukraine as they care for orphans and widows in distress in their country. And Lord, we pray that the church would rise up and take her rightful place to care for the children within Ukraine. Lord, I, I think of, uh, of our friend Vitaly, who is in the, the southern part of Ukraine and how he is caring for uh, aging out orphans and through his church. We're thankful for the opportunity to get to partner with him. Lord, be with Vitaly, be with Sasha, and be with all of those that we have the opportunity and the privilege to work with in Ukraine to equip the local body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. And Lord, we pray all these things for your sake and for your name. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with, connect with me, 
please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.